Hello and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast, where it's all about real food and holistic living in the real world. With your host, nutritional therapist, Amy Love. And please note our disclaimer, all information and content in this podcast is for general information only and not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, and welcome to the Real Food Whole Health Podcast. Today, we're visiting with Ebony, a life and business coach from EntrepreneurEnabler.com. Thanks so much for being here, Ebony. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and speak to you, Amy. I'm so glad that you're here. And tell me where you are calling from. So I'm in a town called Brighton, which is in uh, the UK at about an hour outside London on the coast. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And you've been there for quite some time, right? That's kind of like your home base. It is, yeah. We we first moved here when I was seven. Um, oh, nice. And I, I think I've spent, whilst I would say I've not been in one place very long ever in my life, um, I've always <laughs> come back here. And so this is the place which is home for me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lovely, lovely. Well, I know you have kind of a wanderlust soul. I really do. (laughs) (laughs) I identify with you there. It is so, like, traveling is so amazing. It is, and it's interesting. So I realize I have a wanderlust soul on the basis that when people say to me, where are you from? I I find it difficult to just give an answer. Like, I, yeah, and most people just, like, people think it's the most simple question. And I'm like, well, I've lived all over the place. Well, you know, I totally identify with that right now because we're on our real food road trip. So we're on our two-year road trip that's actually kind of expanding further. But, you know, it's funny because that used to be, you know, a simple question. And I know what people are going for is where do you live, you know, and they don't want a whole story of, well, I've been here and here and here. I mean, some people do. But, you know, usually now I just go, well, most recently we lived in New Hampshire and now we're on a two-year road trip and we live everywhere. And then if they want to follow up, they'll ask more questions. But if they don't, they'll be like, oh, great, and then move on. <laughs> you know, like I didn't really care anyway. I was just making small talk. So, yeah, but it's so funny because it, you do kind of go like, okay, where where am I from? Like you realize how when you travel, how small the world is, how much it's connected and it kind of does feel like you are part of everywhere that you've been. I think so. And also the people that you meet and connect with, or to go off on a slight tangent, like Facebook is this thing that a load of people tell me all the time, oh, I wish I wasn't so on social media all the time, but my family are on that, you know, the people that I connect with all over the world. And I love that they're on my screen and in my pocket everywhere I go. I know. And isn't that amazing? Because a few years ago, we didn't have that opportunity. And now some of my closest friends are, you know, people that, you know, I met on Facebook. A lot of them now I've met in real life, but a couple of them, we still have not met up. And it's really, um, it's really amazing that you can do that. Like, it feels like a deeper soul connection when you get to connect that way. Yeah. And it's, it just um, it shows to me that when you are willing to open yourself up and look for and make connections with people, they can come from anywhere. And, you know, your people might not be on the street down the road from you or in, in the town in which you grew up. They, But the opportunities, like you said, that are available to us now are just so much greater. 
It's amazing. And I love reframing social media as that is having your, you know, your family there because, you know, last night I was really irritated with some, you know, trolling comments on our page. And I was just telling Matt, oh, sometimes I just want to like close the whole thing, you know, close the whole page and not be on Facebook and whatever. And I was like, but I would miss everybody so much. And like, our community that we've built, like, you know, there are those moments where it's like, ah, only, you know, the crazy people are commenting, but then, you know, you realize like it really is a community. And especially as people do things that are a little outside the box, maybe if, you know, in my line of work, they're changing to real food and going healthier in your line of work, they're starting businesses and striking out on their own and all of these kind of cool things. And it's like they need that supportive community. And like you said, it may not be the neighbor down the street. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure we'll get into it. But, you know, I wish I wish I'd known that um, five years ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your journey, because I was really inspired with sort of your story. So you've really kind of been on a roller coaster ride. I have. And it almost feels strange to say that now because right now uh in this moment my life is so calm and mm-hmm. you know there is that sense of connection and adventure and there's space and ease but it wasn't always like that so yeah I mean I I started off uh, I always knew that I wanted to be self-employed and, and have my own business and do something creative so my first career was in the film industry and I worked in the art department. I was um, a, a set decorator eventually, did things like uh, buying props and, and you know, working on different sets. So every day was different. And it's an industry that really requires long hours and commitment. And, and again, a kind of sense of family, really. Like they, the, the people that you spend your time with, you're with them so often and for such a long time <laughs> that they really do become your family. Yeah. That totally makes sense. Yeah, but the the work ethic, and that is something that I was brought up with and that I still, you know, believe in and, and adhere to, um, really led me to a place of um, feeling really burnt out. And I would um, kind of work a job and then um, take myself off either to um, Thailand or to Egypt or somewhere where I'd either go on a, on a raw food or a fasting retreat or a yoga holiday or something like that. So I really knew that there was this kind of connection to my health that I needed, that I needed to go mm-hmm. and recharge and restore. But it was very much like a pendulum, right? So on the, on the one hand, I'd be working 17, 18, 19 hour days, and then at the end of the job, fly off and do nothing and kind of collapse. Right. And I was going to say, and it seems like, you know, we're not just talking like, oh, it's like this relaxing, like pampering thing. It was like fasting and raw food. And while that is very like... But it is it is very extreme. Yes. It's just a lot. Like you said, it's the pendulum swing. So it's like, you know, you're working, 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 and probably, like, the diet's not the best, the sleep cycle's not the best, all of this, and all of a sudden here you are fasting and doing raw food. Your body's like, what? What happened? Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. You know, I felt like I needed to make up for the time mm-hmm. that I wasn't spending, you know, particularly with that sleep cycle. You know, I, I love – what Ariana Huffington has to say about sleep, I think, you know, it is so important. It is so important. Yes, absolutely. And we treat sleep as sacred now. I mean, it is just like so important to our healing and keeping us on, uh, not just healing, but keeping us on track. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah and actually learning all of that stuff and like what happens in your body when you're asleep and um learning about human growth hormone and enzymes and all of that stuff was was a really important part of my journey and although Mm -hmm. it didn't necessarily um click and have a lasting effect at that time you know it's a a culmination of all of those things is is who I am now so yeah we're always gathering these little nuggets right you know it's like okay maybe I can't enact this right now but I'm going to put it in my pocket for later and you know it's going to play in because I know in my journey like I had a lot of that of you know I would have these knowledge crumbs that would happen like along the way and it's like okay well that's great. And I would like have the best intentions of implementing them at the time. And for whatever reason, I wasn't in a place to do that, whether it was an emotional reason or, or just situational. And so it was always sort of like, it's in the back of my head, you know, I've got that in my toolkit, if I need to pull it out. And I didn't really realize that at the time, you know, I kept it it was almost like a weight of I've got to do this, and I should be doing this. And like, it was almost this thing of, obligation rather than hey this is like a way out or this is a a helpful thing yeah I can really resonate with that and I also you know I also see a lot of people in the work that I do now who are who come to me saying you know what I did this course or I had this career or I did this and it's all completely wasted I need to start from scratch and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and my answer is always no you don't you know that right is who you are and those things will inform whatever it is that you want to do next in a way that nobody else can you know so I I, although the film industry is you know there's lots of things from it that I don't use in my day-to-day now there are lots of transferable skills you know ability to be freelance in the first place to work long hours and pull a launch when it's necessary to uh, think on my feet and solve problems you know all of that stuff I still use every single day Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, it sounds so cliche, but it's like we wouldn't you wouldn't be the person that you are without that. And I'm like, we wouldn't be the people that we are, even if maybe our life hasn't clicked, like you said, for us, like right now or whatever. Like, I know what you're saying when your clients come here, you're like, it's all a mess, like help. Like, <laughs> you know, it's not right because they just haven't found that niche. But like you said, they're bringing all of this knowledge and skills and and that special sauce with them because, they wouldn't have that sort of lens to view the world if they hadn't been exposed to all those different things. Yeah, I give a talk quite regularly about uh, how burnout and breakdown happened for me rather than uh-huh. to me. And it's for that exact reason. Like at the time, you're like, why is this happening to me? Um, yeah. And with hindsight and, you know, just time generally. Yeah, <laughs> generally. <laughs> Growing up a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and moving through it, I can really see how it happened for me. And, and yes. you know, the the people that I'm able to connect with now as a result of the situations that I've been in and the emotional intelligence and depth and just awareness that I have that I wouldn't have had had I not been through those circumstances. Yes, and I love framing it that way because, you know, I mean, it is absolutely true. And I can so resonate with that because my health journey, you know, just having such chronic illness and, and I mean, I was practically bedridden at 25. I had to quit working for a time and it was just like, I just remember in it thinking like my life is sort of over and I mean, if I'm this bad at 25, what am I going to be at 35, 45 and, and, you know, God forbid, you know, 75, like I can't continue on in this way. And so it just, it felt like something that was happening to me and why, you know, why is this happening to me? And 
I always had this little kernel of it's going to be worth it. Like you're going to come out the other side and like this is going to inform you. And sometimes it was really hard to connect with that. And sometimes it was like, you know, this little reassuring voice, like it's going to be okay. Um, But now on the other side of all that, it's like, I can actually say I'm really grateful for that experience. I'm not going to say it was fun, but I'm really grateful that I had that because now like the way I can connect with people and understand what people are going through and have empathy for people, I don't think I would have that depth at all um, if it weren't for that. And I certainly would not probably if, you know, I mean, we can never know, right? But if another path had happened, I don't think I would have the same zest for living life fully and really embracing, you know, all the experiences, you know, the good and the bad, but all the travel and all that, I don't think I would have been pushed outside of my comfort zone to do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think that the work that we do, uh, it also means that people are willing to trust you because Mm -hmm. you're not just talking your talk. Like the, the one, the best compliment my clients give me is that I walk my talk. And I hope that that's always true. You know, I hope that I continue to learn and grow. And just because I've had this roller coaster, uh, ride up until here and it, and it does make a great story and, and all the rest of it. Um, there will be more, you know, there's still so much more for me to learn and to grow and to see and explore out there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Right. And to go with that lens of, you know, sort of when you've kind of been through that breakdown and breakthrough of, you know, like that it can be ups and downs, that there can be times where there's more stress or whatever, but you kind of have that resilience. You kind of have that inner knowing, like, I can navigate this. Yeah, and I think that's the main thing. Like, um, Mm -hmm. if I were to kind of pass on anything to anyone going through that or feeling that way at the moment, it would be like if you've got the whatever energy you have got, use it to cultivate trust with yourself and start small. You know, find, I think very often people like test themselves. They call it self-sabotage, right? Where they, Mm -hmm. self-sabotage has this uh, like reputation or this thing or like it's a jargon word. And it's actually just when you uh, pick something bigger than you can do right now and then kind of go, see, I can't do it. Rather than picking something um, outside your comfort zone, but into your stretch zone, maybe where something it's it's you know going to be difficult and tough, but it's not so tough that it par- right. that it paralyzes you and makes it impossible. So pick something that you can do um, and stick with it. And so in that you know in the wellness world, and if you're talking about diet, you know maybe start with I'm going to drink more water. Mm-hmm. And, and you know do that for a couple of days and before you then go right well I'm going to not have sugar and I'm not going to do you know what I mean like right not the all or nothing <laughs> just like have some small wins like be nice to yourself yeah and then you can yeah. be like I trust myself I was like oh look I did this I can mm-hmm. do this I wonder what else I can do and it it uh, it's like scientifically proven our brain works better in neutral or positive than it does in negative so as soon as you can put yourself in a frame of mind where you're feeling good about yourself or believing in yourself or trusting that you can then you will be able to do more yes I love that I love that it's so true and you know I mean what a kind way to 
treat yourself and to approach the world rather than this, like, you know, it's life isn't a punishment, you know, it's not like we should be like, Oh, you should do this and you have to do this. And I mean, sometimes we are the meanest people to ourselves. Oh my God. I was horrible to myself for like 20 years and I'm <laughs> still have to check in because it, it, right. it can be a habit. Like it could, if I'm not careful, if I'm not, um, if I'm not consciously kind, I can treat myself in ways that I would never treat anybody else. Yes. Yes, that is so true. And I think so many people can resonate with that because, you know, it's that, that inner mean girl or whatever. You know, it's just like we can, man, like you would never say that to anybody, let alone somebody that you love and care about. Yeah, and I, I think I, you know, I have to check in with myself when I'm, when that voice kicks in, um, you know, and sometimes it's six voices. You know, I've got like a the, the most pathetic girl in the world in my head and then the like the biggest, meanest, judgiest critic. And, you know, and sometimes they can all arrive all at once and have a like yeah. conversation in my head. And, a little party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I have to kind of be like, right, well, the negative committee, just sit down. <laughs> shut up and let me take control like actually where's this kind girl where's the the mother here like where is uh where's my intuition um someone once asked me how do you know the difference between your intuition and your ego uh voice in your head and you know my answer to that is your intuition is never mean to you your intuition never says you can't do that (laughs) your ego right like your intuition's always going to say well what would make it easier or how could you feel more supported or you know it's just a different voice yeah and it's a different feeling i mean we talk a lot about you know sort of the the difference in forcing something to happen and the difference in allowing something to happen. So in, in context of, of health, you know, we talk about like, I'm going to get well and I'm going to do this and, and you know, it's going to happen. I'm going to get healthy. And then rather than, you know, allowing help to come, like I'm going to open up space for that and allow this to come into my life. And like, even just talking about it, like you can feel one is so constrictive and one is so expansive. And that's sort of like ego versus intuition. Like, one is very constructive and all about shoulds and all about these external voices and, and you know, our internalized belief systems. And the other one is really this openness and allowing and, like, how how do we connect with our higher self and have that guidance? Yeah. 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 It's really important for people to understand and to get a handle with working with that because, you know, and I think so often that does come with experience and with, you know, going through your journey and, and kind of trying different things. It's sort of like, I mean, we didn't like come out, you know, we weren't born running, right. We had to like learn to sit up and then we had to learn to crawl and we had to learn to walk. And then we had, you know, so it's sort of the same thing here. We're learning these skills and learning how to like interact with this and how do we respond with our world and, all of that, because, you know, I mean, again, like with, with you, like, you know, you were, we were talking about this pendulum swing, you know, your burnout, you're working and then you're going and retreating, like really, you know, kind of, like you said, doing nothing. And then you sort of like went into business ownership, but it's not the same thing that you do now. <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a stepping stone, absolutely a stepping stone. And I felt like it was the next thing and the forever thing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so for those who don't know, when I left the film industry, I started a business called My Girl Friday, which was uh, a virtual assistant and personal assistant business. And it was way before anyone else was really doing that. And so a lot of what I was navigating was convincing people that location independence or having an assistant in another building or in another time zone was was okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that we could be trusted. Right. Um, a lot of stuff happened all at the same time. So um, the the film work stopped coming in. Um, the, uh, there was a couple of different people that I was living with. So I had two roommates and they got one of them got made redundant. Um, another one was having a really hard time at work. Um, a whole bunch of things happened one after the other in, in very quick succession. Um, I'd had a tax bill I hadn't paid. Um, or I, I kind of have, wasn't expecting it to be as big as it was. Mm-hmm. I hadn't put money away. I didn't have any work for three months. So all of these things happened all at, all at once and, and built up and resulted in a situation where I had quite a lot of debt um, and had to move house and didn't have the money for to move house because it's expensive to move house. Mm-hmm. Yes, it and is. I didn't have a deposit or holding deposit or anything like that. So um, I ended up... Um, having to get rid of all of my possessions. I put a few things um, into friends, you know, loft spaces and things like that and um, lived out of my car and and sofa surfed for a little while and continued running and growing this business from my car, from from my friend's boiler room, from Starbucks. Um, And I was homeless for three and a bit months in total. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I say that and... I want to make it clear I wasn't on the streets. Right. I, but I didn't have any privacy for three and a half months. and That's wild. And running a business at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I don't think I could do that now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you know, I really remember you know, going to a bathroom just to have a cry so that no one could see how hard it really was for me and mm-hmm. you know part of that is the difference between you know then and now like I I became part of me had to um, soften and open up in order to get through that and like I had to uh, become humble learn humility ask for help accept mm-hmm. um support and all of those things but I also hardened like as I went through that I hid who I was and I I really believed that vulnerability was a weakness Mm -hmm. and so the business um grew we did we did very well and and within uh three two and a half three years I'd um got myself a home got myself out of debt made my best friend my business partner had 17 freelancers working for me at our uh, largest and so on the outside everything looked great mm-hmm. I was getting a lot of messages of support and people kind of going oh my god you're amazing you've done all of this and inside I was miserable I was absolutely miserable wow. and more so actually than kind of the first time around and so whilst the first time was burnout and not Mm-hmm. taking care of myself the second time really was was breakdown you know I just wanted out and I I felt as if it were all my fault um the definition I think of of when 
suicidal thoughts come along is when it's the three P's. So when it feels personal, pervasive and permanent. And it very much felt like that for me. I felt like I'd ended up in the same situation again and that the only constant here was me and that nothing was going to change and that I wasn't good enough, that I couldn't, and I couldn't cope. Um, love- that's huge. I mean, yeah. that's a lot. And I love the three Ps there. And I mean, I can totally resonate with that with my illness. Like, I got to that point too. And it, it was like everything I try, like, it's not working. And like I'm a failure like why you know why keep trying like it's me yeah and that thing of asking unhelpful questions like why is this happening to me is never going to be a good or useful question but what can I learn from this or um you know what what might be useful in moving forward or Mm -hmm. who am I now you know are all much better questions I think Mm -hmm. um and I was lucky, you know, I, I did have support around me and I um, I went to the doctor and I got some antidepressants, which at the time was something I never thought that I would do. I grew up very much um, in a kind of holistic family where, um, you know, good um, diet and natural remedies were, were very much what we did. We, we, you know, we didn't do prescribed medication mm-hmm. um, but it was incredibly important for my recovery you know and it, it's um it's not something that I did for a really long time but I did take the tablets for long enough to balance the ba- brain chemistry and I I also think that when people are in that sort of a situation half of it is chemical or you know a percentage of it is chemical and I'm not a neuroscience and I scientist and I can't understand that side uh, or help you with it, particularly. Um, and the other side is um, how we feel is quite often um, psychological. Mm-hmm. And so talking about it or working through it or feeling it and becoming more aware will actually help us to move into something new. Right. Yeah. And I definitely, you know, there are a time... There is a time and a place for conventional medicine, and sometimes it can be really effective for people and can help be the bridge to get you to something else. And for some people, you know, herbal remedies will work or some people, you know, other things will work or get you there. But everybody's journey is unique to them. And it's like you kind of did a combination of that and then moving and like, having this whole life change in Bali. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, moving to Bali was something that was um, just needed to be done. I needed a clean mm-hmm. slate. I needed to go somewhere warm and colorful um, where I could just learn who I was again. And I felt, I still felt very vulnerable. And although uh, things were improving for me, I was aware that this was the second time this kind of, you know, that I'd crashed and that I, mm-hmm. that something fundamental needed to change. Um, so, yeah, I sold my car and I flew to Bali and I was there for four months. Um, and while I was there, I, as much as is possible for me, I really spent my time being rather than doing. I mean, 
Mm. It still did a lot work there, but I really, <laughs> really tried not to work. And actually what happened is within six weeks, I had recreated my entire life. I had six clients. Um, I was starting to resent them. I was working all the hours going. And But what hit me was, wow, I am the other side of the world and I've recreated this. And actually it was really good because in seeing it, it was like, okay, enough is enough time to draw a line in the sand and so then I really did um go through everything I'd done go through all the kind of the diets the pills the therapy the journals I'd written the you know just absolutely everything the yoga teacher training I'd done the everything I knew to be true I did a lot of meditating I did a lot of passing I kind of did it all and worked out what were the lies and what were the truths and Mm. came home from there realizing that actually what I was good at was coaching other people through situations like this and that Mm -hmm. that's what I wanted to do was to grow my business and and to really help uh, other people create lives as unique and and extraordinary as they are but the ones that really feel as good on the inside as they look on the outside and so that was three years ago nearly four now and that's that's what I do. I love it. I love it. And you know, wow. I mean, that's really amazing because like you, you know, you got away, you got that perspective, you really look deep inside, you put it all together and then realize like, I mean, I always say that so many times our, our greatest challenges are our greatest strengths and like what we are meant to do. And, and here you are coaching people, getting them through the incredible transformations. That is, that's incredible. Yeah. And you know what? It doesn't need to be as big. Like I often say to people, you know, you do not need to go through burnout and breakdown right? <laughs> to end up in a situation where you have a profitable business that feels good and that, you know, that you're in control of your life and, and beyond that kind of control, actually releasing control and, and enjoying um, surrendering and letting go and allowing your life to unfold. It's all here for you. It's absolutely possible. I just happen to be someone who has to run next to a swimming pool and, and you know, slip and smash my face before I will learn my lesson. But not everybody yeah. else has to. That's kind of me, too. And, you know, honestly, um, yeah, I remember, like, my parents saying, like, why won't you listen to me? Like, I'm trying to help you shortcut it, you know, and, like, why do you have to learn the hard way? And it's like, well, I guess I just do. But, you know, that's really why I do the work I do is to help people shortcut the suffering and, and not have to go through that whole thing to to get the lessons yeah to get the the win and I do it so that people have support because you know actually I coach uh rather than consulting or mentoring most of the time I actually a coach and the reason for coaching is exactly that that if somebody tells you what to do there's a little rebel inside all of us that turns around and goes you don't know my life right (laughs) whereas if we ask questions and we get our clients to come up with the answers for themselves the ones that really work we're helping cultivate their uh, connection to themselves trusting themselves and and they can then go on and do that in any situation which means that they can grow um businesses and, and lives or you know whatever that really evolve with them and that's really important and i i do think i i may have done it differently if there was someone i trusted to support me on that journey to cheer me mm-hmm. and to challenge me and so that's that's what really what it is that I do yes yeah because really helping people bring out their own story their own strength like 
That's so much more empowering than just you have to come to somebody else for answers and for, you know, I mean, it's, that's disempowering when you have to follow what somebody else says, like the rebel aside, you know, it's disempowering because people just are then following someone else's vision for their life or whatever. But when you are a coach or when you work with a coach and they're helping pull these things out, it's like, it's coming from you. It's just they're helping you see it. They're that mirror, that sounding board, that whatever, helping ask the right questions, helping draw it out, and helping you connect the dots. So you go, oh, like, I got outside of myself a minute with someone else and was able to see that. Because it's really hard sometimes to do that for ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I love the work that you do. It's so amazing. And I think that, you know, Misfit to Maven, it's so great. That's You've got a, a new book out, right? I have, yes. Thank you. Awesome. <laughs> love it. And uh, I love your website, Wake Up, Kick, Be Kind, Repeat. <laughs> That's like a, a great life mantra. It is. I've got, I had pins made recently and I love wearing my pin. I keep saying, you know, it's not just a pin, it's a mantra. And it, for me, it really is. You know, that, yeah. that waking up thing is really important. Um and kicking up is really about taking action because theorizing is one thing. You know, you can read all the books in the world. Uh, there's a lot of self-help out there, but unless you are willing and able and, you know, to, to actually take some action to do something, then nothing will change. And so the book that I've written, the first half is a story and it's it's my story in a, in a lot more depth and I've tried to write it in a way that's entertaining, that has you turning pages. Um, it's all a ruse to get you to the second part, which is a workbook where you actually have to do some work. But rather than me just telling you what to do, because you've seen the story unfold and hopefully you trust me by that point, you'll have a go at the exercises and, and really see some tangible changes and differences in your life. That's awesome. I love it. And then there's also um, a course that you have based on the book. Yeah. So I, I actually started the course um, a couple of years ago, so before the book was out. And um, I ran you know, very small groups with uh, people, mostly at that time, people with businesses who were up and running, um, but who they really weren't feeling good on the inside. So they were feeling like they were on the edge of burnout or on the edge of breakdown or just for some reason, you know, maybe it felt good and they had good relationships with people and they kind of liked what they had going on, but there was just no money in their business. Mm -hmm. Or the money thing was working, but they, in order to make it work, they were working 24-7 and that mm -hmm. kind of defeated the point of working for themselves. So right <laughs> I create that's a fine line sometimes isn't it <laughs> yeah it so is yeah it's like I, I was saying to Matt the other day like you realize I could work like 24 hours a day 365 and there would still be stuff to do of course of course <laughs> and that's never that's never not going to be true the right <laughs> the trick is to you know um live intentionally and to make decisions yeah. about when what your own boundaries are and when you're going to say yes and when you're going to say no and, and then to prioritize what it is that you actually want to get done exactly exactly mm -hmm. yeah so yeah so the program um kind of evolved from being that and in recent uh in recent rounds it has been um people who have perhaps got an idea for a business and want to um, actually do that action part, like make it happen. 
and the way that it works is people can come back it's not a one-time course you can come back and do it again and again so I've just had a couple of people do it for the third time um, a couple of people do it for the second time and they find that two things happen the first time they really get to work on themselves uh, work out and become clear on who they are and get comfortable with that often for the first time in their lives mm-hmm. and then the second time uh, really move that business to a place where it's a business and not just an extension of you so it's making a profit um, and could perhaps run without you rather than you know being self-employed so there's yeah lots of depth in there and it's 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 an interesting course that I'm very proud of that's amazing. I love it. And I think that that's so important. Like you said, like people get to kind of uncover who they are for the first time. Many people. Yeah. Or post something happening like. Right. You know, maybe a big transition or yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. Maybe you've been ill or maybe you've um, stopped partying and been sober for a year or maybe you've come through a divorce or maybe you've just had a child or maybe your child's left home. You know, all of those things mean that. There's a transition from who we think we are to who, mm-hmm. to who we are now and who we want to be. I think that's so important because so many people think like who we are is almost static. Like this is who I am forever. And it is true that as you move through life, you grow and evolve and change. And there are times to sort of step in and, and redefine some of those things that, you know, maybe make you who you are. I mean, we we have those kind of inborn things that we carry all the time, but there's beliefs and, and things that no longer serve us that we need to release. There's things that, you know, we've learned and, and desire that we want to integrate. And so it's always kind of evolving and changing. Um, and it isn't always the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, as we live longer, um, time is moving faster. You, we're able to do so much more in our lives. And so whereas before we might have been in the same job for 40 50 years we might be in it for 10 and that could be a career you know I'm um I'm 35 (laughs) and this is my third career and I'm really okay with that and there was there was a time where I might have felt embarrassed or ashamed like why hadn't I stuck with something and now I'm like no I've just you know everything lasted exact amount of time it needed to last I'm almost 35 as well and you know I've I've had almost the same situation where you know I was in the healing field really more spa based with massage therapy and things like that and then went into sales and marketing for a time in the corporate world and then came out of that into nutritional therapy and all of that and and then by extension I do a lot of like mentoring of nutritional therapists and and kind of online business strategy and all that kind of stuff so it's sort of like this evolution of what's going on and it it all came at just the right time it all ties in together it all informed my life it informs my work with my clients now like it's just amazing how different that is to maybe our parents or grandparents story like you said that maybe they live in the same town and they um you know work the same job and did the you know went to the same places for so many years and um it's different it moves faster and you have to sort of take stock of things a few different times because everything's changed yeah and I think it is one of the reasons we need meditation and practices like that you know staying present so much more than anyone ever did before because mm-hmm. it was part of life before it was built in you know people right. shops weren't open on a Sunday you know I you know all that kind of thing and now our lives are 24 7 and so we have to 
put those boundaries and those breaks and those pauses or those recharges in for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yes. How important is that? Because like you said, we could just go and go and go and go and go. And the world would love us to do that because, you know, in the consumer society and the, um, all of that, like we could keep going and buying. I mean, yeah, like before nobody could get on Amazon at three in the morning. It's true. My friend, <laughs> my friend always says to me, even your iPhone needs charging twice a day. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, and so it is being mindful with the balance, with the creation, with that, you know, whatever rhythm we want to set and being intentional in that and being mindful in that. And I think that that's huge. So many people are into multitasking, you know, and it's like, okay, multitasking has its time and place. But, you know, I think there, that rest and recharge is just, very, very critical to all health, you know, physical health, mental health, emotional health, and just like filling up our wellspring again of creativity and ideas and and zest for life. Absolutely. And I, I don't think we can say it enough. You know, I feel like I perhaps say it every single day, but I, you know, I don't hear it enough and I can still say it a hundred times more. Like, slowing down, being mindful, taking stock, being present, you know, choosing to eat a meal um, at a table with a knife and fork without a television on, you know, those kind of things. Like it doesn't have to be formal meditation. You don't need to go sit on a cushion. You don't need to go and be in silence or make it difficult. You know, you can absolutely, like you said, just be mindful, which is the same thing. When I love building it into the daily routine, I love I love what you're talking about, just sitting down with the meal, because, you know, a lot of times people find that, you know, doing dishes or folding laundry or anything like that, you can be mindful in any moment um, and really have that that connection with the present rather than having it be, I mean, there's definitely something to formal meditation as well, but rather than having it be this thing, this other task on your to-do list, it's really about cultivating the mindset to show up right now with what you're doing and be mindful about that. It's actually, it's one of the reasons I love doing podcasts, right? Because I'm 100% present. I'm here with you having a conversation and that's what we're doing. And that's right. the only task that I'm doing. Right. Yeah. I'm not typing. I'm not answering anything. I'm listening. Like I'm actively listening, actively talking. My brain's like running a million miles an hour, like (laughs) putting it all together. And it's, yeah, that's exactly true. I love podcasting so much because it creates the community that I feel like so many of us are lacking because, you know, that's one reason I always say it's kind of like, at least on our podcast, so many are different, but it's like, we're just sitting down over a cup of coffee and having a chat, you know, and like, yeah, we're going to learn things and whatever, but nobody is, there's no real agenda. We're not cramming information down anybody's throat. It's just coming out organically in our conversation and from our experience. And I feel that that's missing so much from life right now. But I I also wonder like whether, so there are some podcasts which maybe um, are more, so what's the point I'm trying to make? Like sometimes I can listen to a podcast whilst I'm trying to do something else as well. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And there are other times where I'm like, I am so engaged in this. I'm just going to listen. I'm just going right. to listen. And I'm not going to try and do three other things at once because I don't want to miss something that someone says. Like I want to be engaged. And I think that that's so just practicing that, practicing 
um, not having your phone or not giving someone half your attention, but actually being all in is so, so important. Yes, yes. Because the benefits from that are enormous, just like being all in. I mean, I'm such a proponent of being all in and so much that we do, you know, being all in for your business, like really showing up, really, you know, showing up for your health, showing up for everything, you know, like just here I am and I'm doing this. Like it's not about half-assing it. It's about wholeheartedly it, you know. I do. And I think, we, you know, the thing that goes whole kind of hand in hand with that is when you're not, when you're resting, rest. You know, it's one yeah. of the reasons why I love yoga practice myself is, is Shavasana, you know, I, and I, when I first started out, it was the most stressful, annoying, difficult posture. Because <laughs> 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 I'd be lying on the floor going, this is it. All I have to do, like, I know I can't do this because my mind right. would not let me. Um, and I really get it now. Like, I really get that when you're in a rest period, just rest. Don't try and mentally do your shopping list or, you know, work out what you're doing tomorrow or click through your emails. Like, just rest. Think into it. Mm. Oh, Ebony, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for your time today. Again, you know, everybody knows that we can find the links on the show notes. So links to your website, Entrepreneur Enabler, links to your book, Misfit to Maven, and your accompanying class with that. That'll all be on the show notes, and everybody can find that at realfoodwholehealth.com. If you'll just go under podcasts, under episodes, click on this episode, and you'll find all the links to everything we've talked about. Thank you, Amy. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us today. And please remember to leave us an iTunes review. Also, head over to our website at realfoodwholehealth.com and enter your email to receive free goodies, discounts, updates, and more. See you next time on the Real Food Whole Health Podcast.